So I remember when, I remember, I remember when I recorded Cover Me. There was something so pleasant about that podcast. I really hope there's no echo Echoes. in this recording space. That's right. It's Cover Me coming at you with a rough intro. The only, oof, the only podcast that is feeling a little hoarse today, but also talks about popular songs and their many cover versions and compares them against each other to find out what is crazy. What is crazy? Who knows, man? We're here to find out. I'm your host, as always, Jake Cressy, joined by my kooky, wild co-host. <laughs> That's me. Hey, Alex <laughs> Mildenberger. Ho, ho. And today Woo! we are talking about... <laughs> today we are talking about crazy. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Even your emotions have an echo and so much space. By Gnarls Barkley, which is the soul duo consisting of CeeLo Green, who you might know from the... Was it the Goody Mob? Yes, Goody Mob. And Danger Mouse, who you might recognize as the producer of the Gorillaz album, Demon Days. And the Grey album. Yeah. Which is a big thing. Or was a big thing? In, in was that a mix circles? of the White Album and Jay-Z's Black Album? I believe the it White was. The White Album being by the, the Beatles? I believe it was. What if we, as promotional material, what if we had been tapped by that movie yesterday and they were like, just pretend like the Beatles don't exist on your show. Pretend like the Who don't exist? <laughs> the what? No, no, the Who are around. <laughs> anyway... I'm sorry, everyone. I'm a little fucked up, and I don't have a pop filter, so if you hear a lot of coming from me, I apologize in advance. So this song was mad popular. It peaked at number two on the Billboard Hot 100s. It topped charts in UK, Denmark, Ireland, New Zealand, and more. It was it actually leaked in late 2005 before its release in March of 2006, and that's when it started playing on the like on the charts in the UK. It stayed on top for nine weeks, which is a record that's only been beaten actually the next year. By Umbrella, by Rihanna. Rihanna, Rihanna. Man, this is fucking me up so much because this song, to me, just seemed like it always existed. And when I read it came out in 2006, I was like, shut the fuck up. 2006? I thought this song came out, like, in the 90s. Like, it just, I don't know. It, it just seems, like, so quintessential to me. And yeah. Even though I didn't really like listen to it, it was always there. It seems, but it wasn't. It came out in two thousand six, one I, year uh, before Umbrella. Like that, that, that timeline doesn't work in my brain. Right, because I think maybe part of the reason for that is, um, it's it was a like a it was played on almost every radio station. It was a a universal kind of monoculture hit, which is something more reminiscent of the nineties than the 2000s market. We, we, we don't see it as often. No. So I could see it from that perspective being a sort of, like, anachronism. Being out of its time. But yeah, 2006. That's like around the same time as Demon Days. Like, that's, yeah. what, one or two years after Feel Good Inc.? Like, bizarre. And it's, this is, uh, like, wildly popular. Nominated for uh, Best Record at the Grammys for 2007 and won Best uh, Urban Alternative Performance. It won the 2006 MTV Europe Music Award for Best Song. It got that from the Rolling Stone as well. And that same year, uh, it was number 11 on Pitchfork Media's top 500 songs of the 2000s. And number 100 on Rolling Stone's Greatest Songs of All Time. 
which I think we brought up at some point. Yeah, I think that came past. up on You've Really Got a Hold on Me. Mm, that's the one. And Something like that. Yeah, the 100th greatest song. That's a pretty, pretty big claim. That's... I don't know if Rolling Stones cross-references their best of lists because it was it's it's the number one on on their decade list of 2000 to 2009 but mm. does that mean if i look at the greatest song list which i did but only to find the 100th entry but am i not going to find anything from 2000 to 2009 further down the every list every single every single song less than 100 on that list is from not that decade yeah so it's either from 2010 onwards which would be crazy or uh like 1999 and back something makes me think no (laughs) Uh, but mm. can you imagine if like 99 to 1 was all like 2010 it's all beatles songs every single one of them Mm. i didn't think octopus's garden was that good (laughs) it's number one um, yeah, this is a, you're like this is a weird song. Like we've said, it's very popular. It's uh, sort of outside of almost any genre, like while single it, genre or, simultaneously yeah. being part of so many. Yeah, it can like you were saying, everyone was playing it. Like it was, it was everywhere. Yeah, because they're marked as a soul duo, but I don't know. Is this soul music? I think the vocals kind of have a soul-ish sound to them. Right, and there is some of that kind of backup almost choiry thing but i guess the interesting yeah. part about that is it's inspired by spaghetti westerns the uh the sounds the music the instruments the sounds yeah i am not in a music good, instrument sounds in music instrument there. sounds so they they gave it out here's another interesting fact about how popular it was so they actually took it off of stores they took the single out of stores after i think 9 weeks cuz they wanted people to remember the song fondly they didn't want it to like oversaturate. Yeah, I'm trying to find the the line there, but yeah, they did that, and that's fucking nuts. Here's another fact: um, the lyrics for the song developed out of a conversation between Danger Mouse and CeeLo. According to Danger Mouse, I somehow got off on this tangent about how people won't take an artist seriously unless they're insane. So we started jokingly discussing ways in which we could make people think we were crazy. CeeLo took that conversation and made it into crazy which we recorded in one take. That's impressive. That is very impressive. Is that, when they say that, like, they recorded in one take, great, not easy to do. But I assume, you know, there was a, quite a bit of rehearsal ahead of time. Like, Yeah, so like the, this conversation they're talking about, apparently they were looping the actual track that Danger Mouse had already produced. Oh, okay, so that already existed. That already existed, and so they just talked about this for, like, several hours, and then... Uh, I guess to talk about CeeLo's writing process on this, he says, It was uh, 04, I was going through a divorce, I did not have a deal, things were bleak at the time, and I was going through a personal trial, but it was an opportunity to be expressive. Danger Mouse's production compelled me into deep retrospection, and I really appreciate him for that, because with him, I knew that my misery had some company, because his music was so miserably brilliant and beautiful to me. It was the sound of my soul. If you could have taken a picture of it, it would have resembled this internal chaos. That's exciting. CeeLo Green is far more poetic than I imagined from a guy who was a judge on The Voice. And wrote the song, Fuck You. Yeah. Uh, although, I'm, I don't know. I don't know the lyrics of that song specifically. But, like, I just remember... No. Nah. What do you remember, Alex? It's not a good time to bring it up. It doesn't work. It's, it's an awkward segue. Okay, I'll, I'll do it later. It'll um, come up later. So the initial backing track was made in Iceland on holiday. 
Uh, he says we put it on in on, we put it on in the morning. By the time we left the studio that evening, we had the whole song done. Uh, Seal Green adds that I thought Crazy might be the song that Danger Mouse would write if he wrote songs. He played the instrumental track for me. And I was just wow. Put the track on repeat while we talked for two hours about sanity, its place in pop culture, and the creative process, how it's associated with true artistry. So that is maybe a good jumping off point to talk about the lyrics. Yeah, absolutely. They are maybe a little crazy. A little bit crazy. So uh, the, he starts out, I remember when I lost my mind. I'm not going to read out the whole line <laughs> just because there's repetition. There's something so pleasant about that place. So this is a line that a couple people change it we'll see in the covers mm. but uh i guess the what well, genius tells me the significance of this line is or it's like calling it a place is because you, you you generally get lost in the in places in a physical sense right mm -hmm. so he's applying the concept of losing your mind to being lost in an area i guess i don't know i feel like that's that's like too much because we talk about like being in a place mentally mm -hmm. as a metaphor that's pretty fair. commonly like I, I i don't know if, if but i would back it up with the next line here okay. even your emotions had an echo and so, so much, much space. space again applying a physical attribute true true it makes me think of like you know in the matrix when they're just in that big white place yeah it's like it's empty because i've gone crazy now i don't have to worry about all the things mm -hmm. and it feels good Allegedly. Yeah, that's, a, that's a good yeah and he says um yeah there it was a good place because your emotions had an echo which i think is like you could feel them stronger you're almost more in tune with yourself when you're out on the edge of your mind yeah and i guess the other thing about like big wide open spaces now i'm thinking of the grand canyon big wide open space big echo yeah does it echo in the grand canyon i assume it does i would guess yes i've not been me neither you've been to niagara falls uh, I went to Niagara Falls when I was four. I think I knew that yeah. <laughs> as I asked the question. <laughs> um, not that those are at all similar places. But they're big. They're big nature things. Things with a drop off. Fucking A. So he says here, when you're out there without care, yeah, I was out of touch. But it wasn't because I didn't know enough. I just knew too much. So rather than his madness or craziness being born of ignorance, there's the suggestion that he maybe opened Pandora's box. You know, this knowledge he, he, he possesses has driven him to craziness. That's some, like, elder god shit right there. Mm-hmm. I realized everything is terrible. And I so I went crazy. That's always fun when people talk about, like, I decided to go insane. Yeah, they just make the... the by choice. people, I mean characters in books. It was easier that way. It was easier that way, yeah. And so I think, like, talking about their ideas of artistry and uh, this kind of madness, what they're suggesting is, and it kind of comes into lines, like, where he says, my heroes had the heart to lose their lives out on the limb. All I remember is thinking I want to be like them, like, these people who we might view as crazy are perhaps more in the know than the masses who are crazy in their own right, but cra a crazy majority rather than a crazy minority, if that's making sense. That makes some sense. Uh, you're saying that uh, maybe it's suggesting that maybe the, the knowledge, because you know, you're going crazy because you know mm -hmm. too much, you see the world for how it is or whatever. Exactly. Which, um, he does say that. He does say that. But he also says, like, 
when he talks about uh, if we're jumping around like you're saying um talking about like his heroes yeah who he looks up to and maybe they were crazy um hang on my thing's not scrolling right all right um sort of almost now there's that expectation that you're supposed to act in a certain way especially for someone who is a celebrity so now it's like the people are pushing the celebrity like they have to become crazy if they want to fill this role which is sort of defined by what people have done in the past so it's it's the only way to to embody this you're right because he does say i remember i want to i'm thinking i want to be like them and mm-hmm. so whether whether these heroes have it, it might look like they were pushing out on their own, but it could very well be that they are still being influenced in the sort of mass level. That's this. I feel like there's a lot of uh, like thematic connection between this and Feel Good Inc. Actually, really, there seems to be this call to wake up, right? Because he says uh, in the second verse, um, "Come on now, who do you who do you who do you think you are?" you really think you're in control? And the chorus is always about, does that make me crazy? I think you're crazy, and maybe we're crazy. Maybe everyone's crazy. It's the call to accept, like, insanity and, like, acknowledge it in a way that we can be the right kind of crazy, I suppose. I guess. Uh, Yes. He does that. I I think so. I I think for, I put a lot of I guess my focus into like the third verse where it does talk about that. Mm-hmm. And it makes me think of the question of like people who we call insane. Like, is it is it a natural part of who they are or is it part of their environment kind of thing? Mm-hmm. And and then again when we talk about a celebrity, like what what caused them to become the, the way they are, and 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 maybe. If you want to talk about someone who like died young or something, it's like was it something they were destined to do? Would it happen have happened anyway, or is it because of the celebrity and expectations placed upon them by so many people? Right. That they had to become crazy. Yeah, it really is the question of are they breaking the mold or are they still part of it? Mm-hmm. Just yeah. that it's in, then that's a line that kind of came up in Feel Good Inc. Where he says, uh, uh, it's appealing to see you won't get undercounted because you're, what does he fucking say? But the, the idea of that line, or at least what I remember it being is that you, you won't get undercounted because you're damned and free is the line. And I interpreted that as being even rebellious elements are calculated for in the grand system, right? Right. So, and that's kind of what's going on here is even the crazy outliers are perhaps calculated for in this crazy system that is our existence. Yeah, I guess it's another, and maybe one influenced the other, but obviously they have a common factor in Danger Mouse. That's right, because he's the producer for both of these. And obviously music can make you feel a particular way, but he's sort of, he's doing the production on them, so I, I have to wonder if... That influenced the topics. Yeah, in a and CeeLo C- C- Green did say in that quote that Danger Mouse's music was miserably brilliant. Yeah. And so, th- and there does seem to be in both of those songs, even though one is called Feel Good, there is definitely a theme of misery mm-hmm. taking place here. 
Yeah, do we need to go over this line by line? I feel like we've kind of overarched the the concept of it without having to necessarily dive. I think we covered verse three pretty well. I agree. We talked about them kind of in broad strokes, but we mm-hmm. talked about the themes. Um, and let me, I, I don't really have any more specific notes. Or yeah, and I guess the only other thing is uh, the chorus, which I, I kind of already mentioned, but I'll yeah. just cement that. The first one is, does that make me crazy? Possibly. And then it's, I think you're crazy, just like me. And this is, I think, I think that is actually key with verse two, where he says, do you think you're in control? Because I think... Right, because now he's like talking to someone else Mm -hmm. who wants the same thing as him. So it's almost like he's talking about himself. He's like, I remember when I went crazy. And then someone's talking to him, maybe someone who looks up to him. Mm -hmm. And then he's giving them this advice of like the craziness or whatever. And then he talks about how the people that came before him kind of did the same thing. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, that's exactly it. And then so the, the end conclusion is maybe I'm crazy. Maybe you're crazy. Maybe we're crazy. Mm-hmm. Probably. Probably. And so that's the lyrics. Uh, to, let's talk about the instrumentals, which we again, we mentioned briefly, but it's essentially sampled from a uh, the song is called Last Man Standing by Gian Piero Reverberi. Reverberi. It's uh, he's Italian and Gianfranco Reverberi. Oh, they're brothers. It's from the not the only Italian brother duo <laughs> in this true. episode. Um, that is right, and so that is that's from the 1968 spaghetti western Django Prepare a Coffin, which is such a cool name. It's <laughs> a very cool name, and so like the bass from this, and the uh, the sort of choir backup vocals. I don't know if it's quite a choir if or if it's more It's definitely it's, like choral. Like yeah. it's, it's a it's a group of of singers just doing like vowels basically. Yeah, doing like doing basically like, ooze and it's, yeah, it's an, ooze and then there's some parts where they do ah and it kind of like comes up at those parts like during the chorus mm-hmm. like, ah, and then like there's a it's not a bridge but between the chorus and the and the verses it also does the ah. Yeah. And so yeah, it's very ambient like Honestly, listening to this piece, like, actively, it's simpler than it sounds. Yeah, I don't know. I almost said the opposite. Okay. Maybe not necessarily for complexity, but, like, there's a lot of, like, lo-fi effects in this. Mm-hmm. Like, crackle and pop and, like, Particularly hiss. when those Lots strings come in, right? I, sp- I-, I didn't notice that specifically, but, okay. like, definitely, like, the beginning I was paying, like, and I never really listened that closely, or maybe it was just on low-quality speakers or something, so right. it didn't stand out, but, like, I definitely noticed this time, like, there's a lot of, like, s- in the background. Yeah. Static. Kind and of even, like, like the tone of the bass that comes in at the beginning, boom, 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 it does sound like there is, like, it's not hi-fi, there is the lo-fi kind of essence around it yeah it's an interesting bass sound too because it sounds like synthetic mm-hmm. but it also sounds what did i say like woody yeah almost like a uh a stand-up bass but not yeah. quite so it's it's kind of like i don't know it's it's an yeah. interesting synthetic bass sound yeah it occupies sort of both the organic and synth- synthetic sound in equal oops equal parts <laughs> yeah it's kind of cool yeah, it's actually really neat. Um, so yeah, that's that. It's that. So it's like the bass line, it's the ooze, and it's CeeLo Green singing, who has a, a very unique voice, and it's uh, I think it's very interesting to listen to. Yeah, he's, he's like high up. Yeah, it's high. It's kind of so he doesn't look like he would have that voice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's just a little a little fat guy. <laughs> like, yeah. He's a little Shrek man. And... But like, I know even, because uh, when... 
the song I at the time probably knew as Forget You um, came out. I were hearing like, oh, that's CeeLo Green, like sang this song, but that song's when Gnarls Barkley. But oh, so like, I, I swear someone told me like, oh, Gnarls Barkley was what he called himself in the 90s. <laughs> and then he changed his name. And like, not quite. Not quite. <laughs> like a like a Puff Daddy kind of deal. Right. But a, yeah, I don't know where that came from. And I don't remember who told me that. <laughs> I don't think I made it up. No, I, I feel like uh, I was talking to Ruby about this, and she was saying that she thought it was some big secret that Gnarls Barkley was CeeLo Green and Danger Mouse. Person. Yeah, like it was like a like they were a hidden act, <laughs> like like a like a yeah, like Daft Punk. Daft Punk deal. <laughs> I was doing Daft Punk actions. We played Daft Punk charades there for a minute. You see it. <laughs> we are in the the same room this week. I don't know if we mentioned that, oh, but yeah. we are face to face right now. <laughs> Unusually, we are both in the same city. Yeah. Uh, back, in, back in the old YYC. Alex never left, but I'm here. Yeah, yeah, we're still in, we're, we're, we're still in my house. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, and there's the, the strings that come in for the chorus. And that's essentially the only instrumental change-up. Mm-hmm. And uh, the end of it comes with this, uh, he does some like, <laughs> like some humming bits. You mean the very end of the yeah, song? Yeah, like the very end of the yes, song. Yes, that's kind of how it plays out on those. He does the like kind of humming ad lib, and the the backup vocals are still going along, doing their ooh thing. Yeah. And yeah, it's pretty like the the base of the track kind of stays constant throughout, and then that, like you said, that string, the strings are really the thing that changes. Yeah. And so it really, it's not something I noticed until it was pointed out to me in research, but it does have a, a spaghetti western feel to it. And it does remind me of another track that kind of does the same thing. I was, like, made probably six years after this came out, but Short Change Hero by The Heavy, which is the intro song for Borderlands 2. <laughs> Yeah, has a I similar vibe. <laughs> gotta play Borderlands 2 again, apparently. I guess. Um, okay, I think that's that's instrumentals covered. There are two music videos for this. Can't find them in Canada, because uh, the uh, production company Downtown Records has not made them available in my country. Hmm. But I they... Uh, could, I, I wonder if we can VPN them. Oh, probably could. Let's find out. The the first music video, or the one I'm more familiar with, because I used to be able to see it, was was it? it's like a Rorschach test. It's always it's all morphing and changing, and occasionally you can see like the logo of the band, or you can see CeeLo Green and Danger Mouse. Apparently, they also performed this at I can't remember what award show, but they just dressed up as various Star Wars characters. Wait, would it have been like? Do you know what characters? No. Would have been like prequels characters? Maybe, because 2006. Was that when the last one, the last prequel came out? When did... Uh, I don't remember. Return of the Jedi? Is that what that one is? Um, Revenge, Revenge of, of the, the Sith. Sith. Yeah, that's the one. What's funny about this Rorschach one is, uh, and this inkblot theme, is it's directed by Robert Hales who also apparently uses an ink theme in the video for Jets' Are You Gonna Be My Girl? So I wonder if this Robert Hales guy just kind of had, like, one music video trick. He was like, what if we make it about ink? And I'm like, okay. 
All right, we watched the music video. We hacked the into the matrix. Alex got into the mainframe, and baby, we did it. We watched hacked, the Gnarls Barkley music video. We hacked video. it up. We've seen it. So it is this. Uh, it's like a, a constantly morphing Rorschach test, essentially. Yeah, it's just those like twisting and morphing ink blots, and and like you're saying, sometimes it shows their faces. Mm-hmm. They move a bit. Sometimes they'll like move and then stop, and like they'll keep singing, but or he'll keep singing, but like his mouth isn't moving anymore. So it's got a cool effect. Yeah, it is very visually interesting. You find yourself kind of alternating between looking at their faces and then just looking at these ink blot images, and then sometimes you don't know which thing you're supposed to be looking at. Whether you're supposed to be looking for their faces hidden in the ink blot, or whether it's just the ink blots itself that you're. And then it'll to. start moving. Yeah, you're like, oh, hey. So yeah, it's really cool. Um, yeah. and obviously fits in with the like crazy theme of like psychotherapy kind of. Yeah. And uh, it adds more color, or it seems. To yeah, be, so it, it, it seems to get more like uh, purpley. It, it goes from black to sort yeah. of purple. Like so there's some greens in there greens, for a bit, not yeah. many, but it's cool music video. Yeah, if you can, if you got a VPN, if you're Canadian, or maybe I, we got uh, we allegedly have a lot of listeners in India. Or number two for downloads. So if you're in Sweet. India, maybe maybe they won't let you watch the music video. Try VPN. We're not sponsored by any VPNs, but hey, if we were, just saying VPNs. Wait, well, the only thing we're sponsored by this week is uh, yesterday. <laughs> the Beatles. What's that? The Bugs. What? Gross. <laughs> Okay, I think that is, uh, I think we talked about the original enough, should we? I think so too. All right, let's jump into The Kooks the in kooks. 2007. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. Something so special about that thing. Hearing your emotions in echoes. So much. So is it just me or do these guys seem hung up on romancing? Yeah, these are. <laughs> they seem like the kind of guy who like like their dads don't want to beat you up, but they will if they have to. Yeah, I got that vibe. Yeah, that's the that's what I feel. That's what I'm getting from them. Mm-hmm. Uh, with their solo guitar thing going on. Are they a band? I uh, yeah, they are a band. Is it a solo guitar? Or is there two guitars? They could be two guitars. I was wondering the same thing, mm-hmm. but sometimes. So you can do like the bass sound and the higher sound on the same guitar. That's right. You're good with the guitar. Yeah, if you're Lindsay fucking Buckingham, he's pretty good at the guitar. He's pretty goddamn good. Um, so I don't know, but it it seems like there there are a couple guys in the group, but this is not. There's no like drums or anything. Yeah, it really is just the guitar, maybe, <laughs> and uh, the guy singing. I've written here, I've called it an acoustic version. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Oh, we do have fun oh, here. You. <laughs> and uh, this is, yeah, it's a very strong British accent mm-hmm. in the, in the uh, vocals. Yeah, he says one. like, because. Yeah, which I don't even know. That doesn't sound right at all. Like, no. Even if you have a British accent. <laughs> like, if I was doing a fake British accent, that is not where I would go with that vowel no. sound at all. But here you go. It's right there in writing and recording. It's cer- uh, certainly there in audio. Uh, he says, instead of saying place, something so pleasant about that place, he says either phase or face. I don't know which. I'm trying to remember because now I'm feeling like, was there another song where we thought maybe it said place or face? 
that we couldn't tell? Probably. Hmm. Hmm. Probably. Probably. So anyway, mm-hmm. uh, this one, I thought it had a pretty interesting like strumming pattern going on, even though it almost seemed sometimes like it wasn't like going anywhere. It was just like changing patterns mm-hmm. kind of arbitrarily. Uh, there were times where where it didn't seem like that. I would say, I I didn't notice if there was like a a, a pattern of patterns or something. Right, if it was a certain like verse yeah. chorus structure. But yeah, I did notice that. I called it dynamic that he kind of it was, kept changing. Yeah, it was cool that he it kept playing. changing, and yeah. it was a cool kind of like strum picking stuff. You know, so some interesting things going on for sure. Um, and then it it does go like harder on the on the choruses. Mm-hmm. And I think on that... the verses, wow, verses is where you go harder. Yeah, come Jeez. on, jeez. And yeah, I think that is a a strong way to do an acoustic cover, particularly of this song, which has a little more I think energy to it than a maybe a typical acoustic cover song. Yeah, it's got kind of that acoustic punk mm-hmm. sound going on. Uh, in that, yeah, it's there's a lot of strumming and a lot of maybe less structure mm-hmm. into that strumming in, I think, a good way. Yeah. Or at I, least a positive way. It definitely a way that kept me listening. You know, we have another acoustic cover on here that kind of just does your straight flat acoustic play. Yeah. Where it's like, these are the chords. Here you go. Here's the person singing. But this I felt made an acoustic cover interesting and that's pretty much all i have to say about this one yeah i mean there's a few switch ups that they don't sing the second half of the third verse okay that's why it's shorter i think right Um, that makes sense and let's see what's this hang on i was voice to texting so this might not uh, you know (laughs) okay also skip the just like you or just like me or whatever part and say i think you're crazy or whatever again okay so that needed some punctuation but it made sense yeah i got you so he doesn't say just like me probably at the end of his his uh verses he says the line again yeah uh so yeah okay Maybe that takes a little bit. I don't know. See, I think you're crazy. I, I think you're crazy. I think I'm crazy. I think we're crazy. Everybody's crazy. Everybody's crazy. Yeah, I think you get the base. That's idea the point there. of the song. Yeah, I I think that point is here. He also says, "This is a small change." He says, "I heard that you have been having the time of your life," instead of "I hope that you were having the time of your life." Ah, uh, just a little change. Yeah, I guess the difference being. It's about secondhand information and yeah. uh, all the implications that brings of like uh where am i going with this um you know if do you know do i know well i think so with the line i hope you're having the time of your life it's like i hope you're doing well but like think twice think about what's going on look around you or is the other one and it's kind of the same end but he says i heard that you're having the time of your life so you are having a good time in this scenario and he's saying, well, think twice about what's going on around you. Like, you may think you're having a good time, but what's actually going on? You know, what's really happening? That's my, my thoughts there. Um, so I just needed to, to lift myself up a little bit. Yeah, but ultimately, it's uh, like the changes to lyrics are pretty superficial. Yeah, it's pretty much the same, same deal. Yeah. Um, should we move on to Montefiore Cocktail? I remember when I remember I remember when I lost my mind Something so pleasant about our place Even your emotions had an echo in so much space As we should. The, our second uh, <laughs> Italian, Italian brothers, duo. Yeah. 
of Brothers. So this was in uh, 2008. It's off an album called A Christmas Party, and it is indeed just a mix of Christmas songs and pop music. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I didn't get around to looking at the, up the albums on this one, but I did. This one is um, their first jazzy version. Mm-hmm. And it sounds it sounds like there's more than two brothers involved. Yeah, I think there's definitely a feature singer on this. Yes. So it is a woman singing. And uh, so the the two brothers, one of them plays the keyboard, the other is known to do the flute, sax, and vocals. So I'm I think he's the backup vocals on this. Probably. And then it's a female lead singer, and uh, yeah, like you said, it's jazz music. Is it? Is this an electric piano or is it an organ on this? Ooh, I was wondering the same thing. Mm-hmm. I believe it's an organ because it it's just accenting like the two and the or the two and I think the and of the three. So it's like one and two and three and four. And yeah. Two and three and four, and it's just playing like chords, but it's playing them real staccato. So it sounded like an electric piano at first, but later on, uh, it does some held chords and it sounds more organ like. Yeah, I agree with that assessment a hundred percent because that is exactly where my okay. like confusion came in. I was like in. a little. Yeah, it's just so fast, it's, it's hard to tell, but yeah, it mm-hmm. does yeah, once, seem to be an organ. Once you let it stretch out there. Um, Apparently these guys were involved in the Sex and the City soundtrack. Really? Um, but I don't know anything more about that. And their father was some big name saxophone player. Okay. In Italy. Interesting. Or I assume big name. He was certainly a saxophone player. Yeah. So. Anyway, uh, just a few more facts for you there. Yeah, I love that. Um, they do some, so some of the backup vocals are on ooh la la la, ooh la la la, ooh la. That's a School of Rock reference if you're. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I knew that sounded familiar. Um, I, yeah, I think the use of uh, strings in the original piece really kind of opened up the way for more jazzy interpretations, something with a little more. Like hardwood instruments, if you want to call them that. Hardwood. Yeah, like more not acoustic, but not like electric either. You know. Which ones? Which ones do you mean? I mean, like, uh, I guess this is a dumb thing I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> Let's try this again. I think that the the original piece, maybe even in terms of just its entire composition, has a lot of room for interpretation, and I think using an organ and a, like a jazz concert. I think it works is what I'm saying. Okay. Yeah. In a dumb way is, uh, it, it is pretty open. Cause like the lyrics themselves, I mean, obviously the beat's pretty cool, but it's the kind of song where, because the beat just sort of loops over and over and over throughout the track, you can really work with that and put it in different genres and like replace it with another grounding without, taken away from the lyrics mm-hmm. and yeah and i like the the concept of insanity is so widespread it's such a like a universal i think song topic mm-hmm. that it plays like there's the smooth jazz version of insanity there's the punk version of it there's the acoustic version like it works in so many different contexts um CeeLo green says of the song it rang true to a lot of my peers and fellow artists because the song was about insisting upon doing things my way 
and the thin line between being crazy and being convinced that you're right. Um, um solo. Yeah, a uh, good use of symbols on the drums on this one. I found they were good at accenting the piece without kind of overtaking the foreground. Yeah, there's very clear. I mean, it's very clear, like jazz accents. Definitely, mm-hmm. you get the symbols, you get the organ. Um, possibly other things. Let me see. Nope, just that. Uh, there's a piano. That actually, it actually comes in with like this little piano solo thing. Okay. And uh, and there's like a a a djembe drum or a, a bongo or something like that. Mm, I think I some kind of hand it. drum. I think just kind of because there's a kit, but right. I think there's also a hand drum. Hand drum, interesting. Yeah. I think so. I think you're right. Yeah, and the other thing this version does is they do the third verse, but the beginning of the third verse they play on the saxophone. Mm. So like, I was first I was like, it's a saxophone solo, and then they sang the second half of the third verse, and I was like, hang on a minute, is that short saxophones? And it was. That's interesting. That's actually pretty cool. And then let's see, trying to remember if they actually sing the third verse in full again. Yes, they do. Yeah. Here, I'm going to zoom in on these notes so they're bigger and I can see them with my eyes. There's an idea. Because I'm old now. I got sciatica. She doesn't say the word enough at some point. She just says... She just like, makes mm-hmm. a noise. Some, there are a few times, and I forgot to go back and double check all of them, mm-hmm. but there are a few times where... Someone will just like garble a line. You're like, what the fuck is what? Yeah, you're like, she, she's like, because I didn't know. You're like, what? And what? I, oh, one thing I forgot to do. I was gonna do it yesterday. Mm-hmm. And I totally forgot. Was go back and figure out who says crazy and who says crazy and like how they say things. Bad idea or bad? No, good idea. Good idea. Bad execution. Bad execution. And that um, there was no execution of it. It's. Re- I mean, really, it, all it'll tell you is whether they're speaking uh, British English or American English. But yeah, fair enough. Speaking of good ideas with a bad execution, let's talk about Antoine Rocks in two thousand. <laughs> Antoine. I have him down as 2006, which means we should have talked about him earlier. Anyway, this guy seems to be some kind of independent musician. If you look at his albums and stuff, they look very low budget in terms of the the graphic design on them. And listening to this, the audio mixing on this is trash. Is this like a bootleg? This sounds sounds like like a bootleg. bootleg. (laughs) It sounds like someone recorded it at a concert. Mm -hmm. Because if you go... Some of the other songs in the album have perfectly fine production. Okay. Like this sounds like that either by necessity or on purpose. Yeah. I think. Like, they did this. This was either an artistic decision or they are just releasing a bootleg. That might... That makes a lot of sense, actually. It's, uh... He's... It's very... It, or it's, it might just be, like, mega lo-fi. Like, yeah. low, low. Because the, the guitar is the loudest part, and it sort of cuts into all of these... Like, it, 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 the higher end of it tends to mix in with the, the drums and stuff, too. It gets kind of muddy. Yes, it was hard to analyze because everything is so muddy. Mm-hmm. And, uh, like, Antoine himself sounds like he's really straining his voice on this, from what he I can does. tell. 
He does, which I guess is pretty blues, you know, less of a focus mm. on like vocal ability and more of a focus on like emotion. And I never, th- he like does it okay, but it's definitely straining. Yeah, I could, like, I, listening to his voice, I think he can sing. Yeah. But I don't think he did it right on this track. Yeah. Could have like transposed it down a bit. Mm-hmm. And I think he would have done fine. Yeah. And you know what? Like the guitar solo on this was actually pretty nice. Like there are nice elements the, to this. There was one. a long guitar solo in this version. Yeah. It, lasted, it was the last like minute and a half or something. Yeah. Song. And I was like, are they going to come back and sing? Nope. Nope. Just a guitar solo right to the end. Yeah. And there was some interesting, like, like I said, it was hard to analyze, but there was some like little hints of interesting sounds. Mm-hmm. Like there was kind of this like maybe synthy harp thing doing these like rolled chords up. Yeah, which and you could just barely hear. Right? Maybe it was an electric piano or something, but I, I thought it almost sounded harp like. Yeah. Um. But it was really hard to tell, and like some of that kind of stuff. I, I thought I had two, but I now realize I only had the one. Um, so there was that sound, and mm-hmm. yeah, and then just a big guitar solo. So I'm sure it was like a fine live, yeah, performance. performance it's just that it was. once it was in in this recording, it was it was all muddy and yeah. Garbled. It's uh, that is there's actually a, a Billy Idol sang this song once live. Mm-hmm. And there's like a shitty recording of it on YouTube, and he I think he actually sings it fine, but the quality of the audio makes it sound like he's singing like shit. <laughs> Maybe he is singing like shit. It's all that's also possible, <laughs> but I feel like that's kind of what's happened here is simply the quality of the the audio recording has really diminished uh, a lot of the potential of this track. I don't doubt it. And the bass at the end just starts playing some fucking notes. <laughs> it's like everything comes down. It's just like boom, boom, boom. What the fuck are you doing? Is that a solo? Is that what a solo is? Maybe. Is that a bass solo? Or they were jumping into the next track immediately, and he's just like. Oh, just play some notes and then it like cuts yeah. out. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's fun. <laughs> yeah, it was fun. Let, with that, let's Fine, jump into the, the, the violent femmes in 2008. Which is not femmes. It's, a, it's a, some guys. Yeah, it's just some dudes. Some, oh, they some, could, some I guess guys. they could be effeminate dudes. but Could be. To my knowledge, it is not the case. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place Even your emotions have an echo in so much space Yeah, um, the it's tone just... of the bass on this one. So fucking good. Yeah? Yeah. This one, the very beginning, remind, like, the, like, acoustic guitar beginning? Yeah. Or guitar, maybe not acoustic. I think, isn't it, doesn't it start with the bass on it? Just that meaty, fuck, can we, can you play it? I don't have internet here, yeah. I was trying. To, I think it reminds me of a song, and the only thing I could come up with was "Losing My Religion." Mmm, I can hear it in the in that higher. Are you yeah. calling that one the mandolin, or is that one a guitar? It might. That's what I was. Might be a mandolin, but I think it could be a high guitar as well. Yeah, it's plucky. Yeah. Do you hear that? And yeah, now that you've mentioned that, I hear the okay. similar tone. Yeah, that I was like, "What song is it?" Because I was like, "I don't know." Yeah, it took me a bit, but I. <laughs> Fucking a that the intro has that mandolin. Let's call it a mandolin. Fuck it. We're, we're sure. living wild today. Yeah. And it's uh, it does carry some of that spaghetti western aspect to it. It has that kind of tone to it, as well as sounding like losing my religion a bit. 
Mm-hmm. And then we get this meaty fucking bass on yeah. there, real, real steely. It's really almost good. like like a rattly sound. Yeah, and like you might hear from some like upright basses, but I mm-hmm. don't think it's an upright. Bass. No, because you can hear the metal on those strings. Let me just real quick. We, let's play that. Music play it. So we, can, we can hear that meaty bass. Can't hear very well on these yeah, speakers. Yeah, no. Um, we're gonna have to get a. Yeah, because it's it's right there. It's like doom, boom, doom, doom. Like it's oh, that's good. I fucking loved it. <laughs> Um, Gnarls Barkley actually has a review of this, so um, I don't know why it says Gnarls Barkley described it because it's obviously CeeLo Green. CeeLo Green, Green yeah. <laughs> you can even tell again he he talks in a very like poetic style about things sometimes. So here he says, "I might compare it to a calm pond. I caught my reflection in it, and I seem to momentarily be momentarily at peace. This track sounds entirely different in the rain and supports some intriguing lily pads. This ver- like this. Ver- this is what he says of sounds this version. Sounds different in the rain. Yeah, man, this guy is just poetry all the time. Yeah, does it's not turn off. It's very unexpected for me because I get his the songs I know are crazy and fuck you, which yeah. both have like a bit of an attitude to them. So it's very weird. Um. These guys are like some kind of punk group. Yeah, it's just they're a folk punk folk band. Punk, I guess, but like, like, there's some flute that comes in here. They got like some flute playing. Yeah. So that was I wasn't expecting a flute, and then it just happened. Boom. Yeah, they do that. They do this, uh, uh, like a snare rattle at one point. It's like a not like somebody hitting it, but almost like when you play the bass really hard and it just shakes the snare. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. And they do. They do. These are sort of the first guys to do lower backup vocals. Crazy. They they say that when he says crazy, and they go low. Yeah, that is. Um, I'm agreeing with you here. I'm trying to think if I actually have anything to add. I don't think I do. Okay. But they do do that. Mm-hmm. And then we get in the later part of the song a dude shouting in the background. Crazy. Crazy. That like megaphone kind of shout. Yeah. It's another little feel good. There's another thing that reminds me of feel good ink on this track, and mm-hmm. that is the laugh they do when they yeah. do the laugh. We haven't they, talked like, about that laugh enough. No, we haven't talked much about that laugh. And the ones so far have been, like, fine. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do, like, a fake laugh, especially a fake laugh that is also singing. Mm-hmm. The original does it pretty solid because he does this, like, ha-ha. I, I can't <laughs> it I'm is, not going to attempt it right yeah, now. Yeah, it really is sung and somehow yeah. carries the right tone with it. Like, the right but, like, it's hard to do. And I think most people just kind of pass over it and they do, like, ah-ha-ha, like... Mm-hmm. They Try do to, more as a, like an exhalation almost, just yeah. sending breath out. And it would be difficult to not do it. Though. Like, it's it's tough to get right. But this one almost does like like the beginning of Feel Good Ink sound. It sounds like that. Yeah. So that's kind of cool. Do they do it twice? I'm not sure. They do. They do. They, that's It's the second one. So they do a laugh, and then it does like, ah, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> Yeah, and they uh, another thing on this one is really, really, really simple drums. They do like it's like doom, doom. It's like two notes. I, I didn't even notice that. Exactly. Yeah, this one is uh, a really interesting one. Like we've talked, there's a lot of weird instruments going on. There's uh, different uses of vocal effects for the laughter. And yes, for... and later on it kind of gets, like there's some like little whispers and stuff. Mm-hmm. Kind of like for the like crazy stuff. Like, yeah, like, it plays with that idea of craziness. sounds in the background. Yeah. That's one I think sets up a good like sound space. Yeah, it's a very cool version. Mm-hmm. I think you know it. Uh, it supports some intriguing lily pads. It supports. I mean, what supports lily pads? The water. The Surface water. Tension? I suppose. Yeah. 
Way to go, lily pads. Way to go, fellas. Now let's talk about, for the second week in a row, Charisma Duo. Charisma! I think I did that last time, too. Probably. Um, this was in 2015 they recorded this. I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so special about that place. Even your emotions have an echo with so much space. So, yeah, this is pretty similar idea. Yeah, so this is another acoustic cover. The I will say this right off the bat. I think this cover is better than their cover of Summer of 69. Fair. Why would you say that? Uh, one, I think the guitar does more. Okay. Even though I still don't think this is impressive guitar by any means. But it is. Uh, he does a, a few things. Like sometimes he plays a little shorter staccato notes rather than letting it ring out. Switches it up a bit. Yeah, and the vocals. I think the vocals are more in the range of the female singer here. Because it's a higher song? Yeah, and she plays around with it a lot more than she does on Summer of 69. I think there's more to play with. Mm -hmm. That's very possible. There, kind of under the surface, in terms of that, like, character. Yeah. You know? But, yeah, I I thought pretty similar things about this. Think about that. Like, it's not the best acoustic cover of this song Mm -hmm. and uh they do a fine job but uh didn't set my world on fire yeah and then at the end of it the guitar plays like the start of stairway Stairway to heaven Heaven, yeah (laughs) (laughs) so that's neat i i suppose yeah that's a weird choice they made (laughs) but they do that and uh, i don't have anything to add to that Mm -hmm. are they related thematically Stairway to Heaven is like a led, according to the internet, mm-hmm. a hero's journey story about a woman who does something. What does she do? Doesn't she try to buy something at the store? No, they're closed. Yeah. <laughs> 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 and then, he, then oh, if there's a bustle in your hedgerow, you get along now. It's a spring. I don't know it's the a words. Sprinkling for the May Queen, I think. But if you play that backwards, isn't it just him saying, "Here's to my Satan"? Here's to my Satan. Here's to my lovely Satan. Satan, 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 whose power is Whee! Satan. <laughs> That's a real hoedown vibe. I guess Maybe. it makes sense that if you play "Stairway to Heaven" backwards, it would have Satan in it, right? Yeah, that's when you're coming down. Oh. Um. So yes. This is basically Stairway to Heaven. Is what <laughs> yeah, it's as good as Stairway to Heaven. <laughs> and let's talk about Sheridan Smith now, 2017, who is an English actress. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. There was something so pleasant about that place. Actress who looked vaguely familiar to me, but nothing. I I looked through her filmography and I I didn't recognize anything. Okay, yeah, I didn't so, look through it, so I don't know. I briefly skimmed it. Nothing familiar. Okay. To me, anyway. Um, this one. This one was like fine. This one almost some like she's clearly an actor. Mm-hmm. You know. Not, I'm saying that she's not good at singing, but it has more of a musical theater vibe at times. Right. It does feel more like a performance song yeah. than one to listen to. So, and like she does, but but because of that, like she does a pretty good job with like the laughing and stuff. And she throws a little, a few little things here and there. Like, I think there's more laughing. 
mostly laughing. A lot, a lot of laughter, a lot of joy in laughter, this version. Jo- joyful laughter. Uh, jo- jo- joyous laughter. Um, uh, crazy here, laughter. Here's a weird thing. The start of this song almost sounds like the start of the the hit Asia, sh- Asia song, Tomorrow the World. Tomorrow the world. Because <laughs> it, it does that. <laughs> doom, doom, um, didn't pick up on that. I just thought it sounded like, kind of like, we need something. We need the piano to come in, do mm-hmm. something, and they're like, like, yeah. So it does that. This does like a uh, kind of fakes you out with the the slow intro, and then when she hits the first chorus, right? It, it really picks up. It really There's picks like, up. Guitar just like, is this the one? Yeah, this is the one where a guitar like rips in at some point, doesn't it? Yeah, it just like fucking screams right in yeah, and starts. Like, like, oh shit! There's a guitar in this song. Yeah, and then we get the driving rhythm that comes up with the chorus. It's like boom, 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 but like just yes, straight. yeah. Once you get the chorus, it's like bass and like that guitar is like and like there's strings maybe. Mm-hmm. And we get also almost like a that? like a gospel choir kind of backup. Oh, like you mean the backup vocals? Yeah. Okay. Just like on the four, like four in the measure, like boop, yeah, boop, boop, yeah, boop, yeah, boop, yeah. Boop. Yes, right. When she says crazy, it's mm-hmm. like on the word crazy, like just like back up vocals, and then just like whoosh, yeah, gone. and it's a cool move. But the, I think where this the, this version kind of falls flat for me is that once it goes up that first time, it just stays there for the rest of the song. Yeah, it doesn't. Have, there's not a ton of progression past. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's very, yeah, I, I, I really get a lot of, like, that musical theatery vibe from it. Mm-hmm. Kind of like that sort of pop musical theater fusion. Yeah. Just because it seems like that performance type setup. Yeah. Sorry, I was struggling to find a noun to finish that sentence with. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, yeah, it's, uh, speaking of ending, the end of this is pretty similar to the original. She does some, like, kind of humming vocal riffs. And then it ends. Yeah, she also mi- <laughs> she also mixes up the uh, the uh, verses a little bit. Like she does the first half of the second verse, and then the no. Yeah, first half of the second verse, and then the second half of the third verse as one verse. Mm. And then just repeats the first half of the second verse, and then like. Yeah, so it's just, I don't know. It's one of those little, like, changing the order things that I guess change it up a bit. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if it's that, like, meaningful. Maybe, like, I'm trying to think. Let me pull up the lyrics real quick. Is there, like, filler in this? (laughs) Is she trying to, is the thing she's trying to say, like, cut that part out, cut that part out? Right, yeah. I feel like the My Heroes Had the Heart to Lose Their Lives, Live Live Their their Lives lives out 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 on the Limb. And while I remember is I want to be like them. That's like a big part of the song. That so is cutting that. I think uh, I think at least takes away some of the more explicit part of the message. Yeah, for sure. Also, that line, "My heroes had the heart to lose their lives out on the limb." No clue that that was what he was saying. <laughs> yeah, uh, I, I'm I'm so used to not necessarily paying attention to lyrics. Yeah, that like, one and even your emotions had an e- echo. I've fucking yeah. had no clue what he's no. saying. <laughs> Yeah, so that was Sheridan Smith. Smith? Sheridan yeah, that's her Smith. name. So we talk about Elmquist slash collar doll combo. Yeah, um I this one was really long. I remember when I remember when I lost my mind. Something so special about that place. 
This week, yeah, this was seven minutes, so I it's... I don't have a lot of notes on it. It's a, This is a five-piece yeah. band named after the founding members Hannah Elmquist and Fabian Collardall. Um, it's got a stand-up bass. This is jazz. My biggest note for this one would be... Oh, it's jazz. It's jazz, baby. If you like Maybe Monte a little Fiori, too jazz. Uh, yeah, possibly. If you and like, it's long. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a little too, too long. long. Seven minutes? Like, phew. It's... Uh, and a lot of that is like a, a, a sax solo. Maybe a little too sax solo. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot of solo. I mean, it, it's got that... It's got the, like, piano doing wacky things. Mm-hmm. Jazzy things. Basically, if you like the Italian brothers, the cocktail boys, you like, I want more of that. Cocktail, and you're like, I need more, like three more minutes of this. Here you go. Hit them up. Hit them up. It, uh, it ends pretty abruptly for being seven minutes long. She says, probably. And then like all the instruments cut. And then it's it black. goes. Doom, doom. There's like two drum beats and then it's out. I like that. Just like throwing a couple extra drum beats. Like that wasn't done yet. Mm-hmm. It's uh. There's like a, a sort of strained plucking that goes on in this one. Hmm. I really like. I saw. I was like listening to it a bit. I was like, I don't have the capacity right now. So yeah. This. This. I was not the in the last place to analyze this at all. Yeah. I know. I left it to the end, and I was like, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> and then I I went and we got dinner. So <laughs> here we are. Here we are in the now. Um. So yeah, it's got this. I wonder if the sh- strained plucking is supposed to bring this idea of craziness because it kind of just goes up and down between like I want to say three notes. What do you think makes it sound strained? Um, I don't know. It just sounds like maybe he's playing like higher on the bridge, so it's like more tension in the okay guitar and just like shorter, like right. it's not ringing out. Staccato. Yeah, staccato. Um, but yeah, I, this version didn't grab me, whereas I did actually find myself. Like liking the Montefiore cocktail version, right? I thought it was this one was just too much. This one's a little more like free jazz. Yeah. Um, although I don't necessarily know what free jazz means very specifically. It's, it's jazz for the people, right. free jazz. Right. Uh, the jazz that has lost its chains mm-hmm. um, <laughs> and sees the means of production. But uh, I guess I wasn't feeling too communist this weekend. Um. Let me see if I can finish this thought. Okay. It's coming back around. <laughs> yes. It was it was a lot to like grasp and I I I got to it at a bad time. <laughs> yeah. Maybe one day I'll come back, but maybe not. I, I, I wish I could say more about it. Yeah, uh, it repeats the first verse around the five forty five mark. So, so they just they just repeat like the first a, verse? So um, they do the whole thing over? Yeah, I think maybe they do. I again I was like half paying attention. <laughs> Because, like, oh, fuck, it's just too long. It's too long, guys. It's a lot. Like, if it's a live performance, fine. For this, for recording purposes, maybe not. Let's talk about Scary Pockets featuring Danielle D'Andrea. Please, let's talk about Scary Pockets. I remember when, I remember, I remember when I lost my mind. But there was something so special about that day. Okay, so Scary Pockets get their name from the term playing in the pocket, which is uh, when music is rhythmically in a groove, the lock between members of a rhythm section when playing well together. Uh, Their names come from that term. They seem to be a funk cover band. They seem to release a new funk cover every week on their Facebook page, which is uh, links to their YouTube. Yep, it's a lot of funk covers of things, Mm -hmm. including the song Crazy. The song Crazy. 
Um, Danielle D'Andrea is, I think, an Australian singer-songwriter. Yes, she worked with John Farnham in the past. She's, like, been around. Okay. So they recorded together in, like, the 80s. Oh, yeah. Uh, He has that song, The You're the voice, try and understand it. Make a noise and make it clear. You know, John Farnham. Um, Not ringing any bells. Anyway, it's in Hot Rod. So... (laughs) That's why I know that song. Okay, I've probably um, heard it then. She's not in that, though. No. I looked at her Instagram, mm-hmm. and she sings, and she um, writes, and she loves love. Love, love. Love, 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 love. Also, let the world hear ya. Don't remember what that means. And sometimes hear, she goes as yeah or yaw. Was it yaw? <laughs> she also sometimes goes as Danielle Gaha. Yeah. When I looked her up, it was like, do you mean this person? I was like, no, I don't mean that I don't person. Mean that. And then, I yeah, mean this person. I okay. But the band Scary Pockets. Let's talk about the them. guy from the band Scary Pockets, who I believe formed the band. Mm-hmm. His name is Jack Conti. He also co-founded Patreon. Really? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> I know. So uh, this is just like his hobby or something? Yeah, I guess. He's like a business guy who does this sometimes? He does this on the side. And also apparently was a voice in The Sims 2. That's less important. Less I was important. just on the Wikipedia page. I thought that was fun. But I was, yeah. It was like formed by like Patreon co-founder. Like, what? That's So weird. he does this as well. Okay. So um, it's a, it's a female singer on this one. It's funky. It is funky. The uh, it's got some of that like chill guitar noodling. Uh, you'll notice so that kind of like muted sort of. Yeah, or it's doing stuff, but it's not necessarily stealing the yeah the show. It's got that funk thing going on. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's got a soft start with just vocals and sparse piano. Uh, this EP yeah. too, yeah, doing funky yeah. stuff. It's doing the like. No, what does it sound like? It's the one and the end of the two and three. So it's like one and one and two and two. Bum, 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 bum. Mm-hmm. Is it is it kind of similar to the original bass line? I don't know. I don't know. All right. <laughs> um, the backup vocals on this. I really like them on the first chorus. Yeah, the first chorus. But then they do them differently on the second one. What's the difference? Um, they're like they say something. They say a full different phrase on the first chorus, or is the second one's like more traditional backup vocals? On the line, let go. Mm-hmm. Which, which part is that? Uh, gotta let go, let go. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, Emotions have let. Got an echo. Echo. So, so much yeah. space. And then they do the backup like echo. It sounds like Kim Deal. <laughs> <laughs> like from from the Pixies. Yeah, the bassist for the Pixies. I think, like, there's the backup vocal part. Like, right, at least like thirty seconds in. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's weird. I can believe that. It's weird. It's uh. What else do I have to say about this? There's she does a lot of ad living. She says there's no coincidences. No coincidences. And I ain't done yet. <laughs> she doesn't sound very Australian. No, she really doesn't. Oh man, sorry. Is sore. But yeah, this um, is a it's a it's is this the shortest version? It's pretty quick. I, I didn't I don't know if it's the shortest one. I could but check two actually, two and a half minutes, I think. Two forty four. 
it's not long, but it's funky. They, you know, they pick it up a bit and like, mm-hmm. there's also like some horns, but they stay like very soft. Mm-hmm. Is that the one? I'm making. Yeah, it is. You're 100 percent right on that. Okay. Yeah, and she's baby. I'm crazy, so crazy. Yes, that that's another ad lib. She's doing ad libs mm-hmm. all over the place, and like, uh, I really liked the 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 brass because it was like. It was very soft throughout, but it was doing these like little crescendos, but like staying soft. So it'd be like, yeah, not like that, but that kind of sound. Yeah. Yeah. They did a good job of sort of accenting the, the vocals using the instruments rather than having the instruments take a foreground role. I think that's and it was cool. cool. Yeah. And it was funky. Cool. And they were they were sitting in their pocket doing their thing. Yeah, they were in the pocket. She was on doing her thing. Everyone was doing their things together. And like honestly, the instruments themselves were pretty consistent in terms of what they were playing between verse and chorus. But I feel like the drums, like, just kind of picked up the energy by being even. It might have just been a little louder, mm-hmm. and that helped. That was enough to actually lift the energy up for the chorus, which I thought was interesting. Sweet. That's all I got for this one, Alex. Okay. Well, at the end, there's like you start to hear some like sounds in the background, you know? Mm-hmm. Like again, this is like a minute and a half in or something. Not even. Um, there's like sounds like there's some talking, and then after like the song ends, it sounds like they're just like in an apartment, and then like there's like street sounds. They're like, hey, we're done, hey. or whatever. Like the end of uh, fuck, what was that one? Or he's like, we just finished recording the oh, album. Fuck, that was uh, <laughs> um, fuck that ridiculous version of ah, uh, fuck, fuck, fuck. What was that one? That was was that these eyes? No, that'd be weird. It was yes. <laughs> the like Derek Sherinian or whatever. Yeah, Derek Sherinian featuring Slash and Billy Idol. Slash and Bi. Bi. Slash, comma, yeah, yeah. So it, it they did that thing, which makes more sense because like I think it's a bit of a thing. I've only seen it in a couple groups, but I've definitely seen it with Wolfpack and these guys, where it's like, hey, we're recording, but we're like in a room, right? Just like an apartment. There's cables everywhere. There's microphones everywhere. We're all playing, and like here's a video of it. We're just hanging out in a room, man. Right. Like, it's just a room. Like we're not in a studio. Yeah, it's literally a just a room. So I imagine it's that kind of. Yeah, I aesthetic. recall looking at their Facebook page. They seem to just kind of have. It might have even been just a garage. But yeah, just like probably us. where you started Patreon too. Probably that that crafty <laughs> bastard. Um, should we get into our final reviews here? Yeah, let's jump in. Let's jump in. So we got three categories for you today. The worst song, the best song, and the craziest. Crazy. Yeah. Hey. Whoa. <laughs> so, Alex, which is the worst version of this? Ugh. Which is the worst version of this? Here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Here's the thing. Tell me. It's probably Charisma Duo. Probably, right? I'm going right? to say that. I really didn't like that one. Um, there was the like Elmquist one. Mm-hmm. I didn't hate that one. I just didn't really... 
Like my, I, I like blocked it. I wasn't of, ready to commit to it. Yeah, you know? I, I, I don't know. It I, wasn't the right time. As soon as I life. put it on the playlist, I was like, "Fuck!" And like we've done longer versions. Before. Yeah, we've done longer jazz versions before, but for mm-hmm. some reason, this one I couldn't latch on to. So I feel like I didn't give it a fair shake. Right. So I don't want to give it worst. That's fair. Um, even though it definitely is the one I spent the least amount of time with. Mm-hmm. That might not even be true. Well, yeah, I listened just, to it by the at least of once how or twice. Long you listen to it, but uh, <laughs> yeah, by necessity. Uh, so, so I'm gonna give it to Charisma Duo because it was mm-hmm. I don't know, just kind of an acoustic cover. Yeah, and that's that the thing is that interesting. If we're talking like audio quality, it should be Antoine Rocks. That I feel like that one worst. had a bit of a raw deal too. Yeah, but I, yeah, exactly. I feel like beneath that, it was actually a, a not bad version, just uh, suffering from technical issues. Mm-hmm. Whereas with Charisma Duo, it's again just kind of the the flat, and it's not even a bad version. It's just a standard version. I think all of the other pieces on here, like the Kooks, do a more interesting acoustic cover. The Violent Femmes have this very interesting sound. Like everybody brought something to this piece that made, like, there's actually a lot of good versions of this. Yeah. And like, even the two jazz versions are quite different. Mm hmm. And then you have Charisma Duo. It's just like. Yeah, it, I mean, it was on an album, like, album of covers, clearly. I, I don't know how those get put together. Like, does someone get the artist together, or does someone like, hey, you're an artist, I want to cover Crazy. Like, yeah. turn it in by... <laughs> yeah, get out I don't of know. Like, what, what, like do they, or do they, do they just hire them, and they're like, record this part. Like, how does that go? I don't know, man. I don't know. I'd be curious to find out. Me too. We gotta make some friends in the industry. <laughs> That's what we really got to do. Industry friends. Industry friends. Are we friends. in the right cities? No. Kind, no yeah. There's always a scene, right? There's always a scene. Alex, what is the best version of this song? Oh, gee, man. I liked a couple of them. I would probably give it to either... Or... Or... Well... Uh, uh, I'd probably give it to Violent Femmes or Scary Pockets. Those are my favorite versions. Yeah, I think you're on the money there. And I would do Violent Femmes myself. Cool. I'm going to give it to Scary Pockets. I would have done that anyway. Yeah. They they want out a little bit more just because funk is fun. Yeah, it is fun. I felt, uh, I feel like there was, yeah, it's, it was that bass tone on Violent Femmes. You just can't beat that for me. Cool. I, I especially just listen to it on headphones. It's just like, oh, yeah, just it was like, good. It's like moving you. So that's the best. And I, I still think the original is probably, you know, untouchable. It's one. It's the hundredth greatest song of all time. Yeah, it, there's there's a reason it's like it put it like it inserted itself into my past. Somehow, mm-hmm. like yeah, my it, <laughs> it's like have you ever? No, I know you've read. I'm like asking people. Um, it's like in John dies at the end. Yeah. The, like Shadow Man. It's like they can change your past and like you'll never know it because they changed the past. Like, right. They can do that if they want. It's like that. Like it's just like. Always existed. Right. I remember you saying your life started when Ocarina, when you played Ocarina of Time. That's like your first memory. Yeah, yeah. So I've now basically. superimposed the Crazy by Gnarls Barkley like, playing in the background while As you're... <laughs> playing Ocarina of Time, like, somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> in my friend Sean's basement. Yeah. Shoutouts to the Saw. Shoutouts to the Saw. <laughs> Um. Yeah. Best version. So, what's the craziest one here? What's is the craziest? It, is it Elmquist slash Collar Doll for being seven minutes long? Yeah, that was a crazy action. Um. Although, wait, what was the 
was the one that had like voices talking? That was the Violent Femmes in the background. Oh yeah, I think I'm gonna give it to that one. Oh, that's fair. That's I a think good they choice. Did. I, and with another asterisk of like maybe I would give it to Elmquist. I don't know. No, nah, maybe I might give it to Antoine Rocks because there's this sort of craziness of his own approach to this. It looks like he makes his album covers in like the most basic image editing program. Yeah. It's like MS Paint. MS He's just like, Paint. boom, like copy and paste and shit. He's like, boom, there's the album cover. Here we go. We've recorded it. And so it's just that crazy DIY sort of element to it. So I'm going to give it to Antoine. Crazy, man. Crazy. Crazy. That's been our review of... That's been our crazy... That's been our crazy review. episode. Uh-uh. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you guys have... So I want to talk about some versions we didn't talk about, like the Nelly Furtado version, or uh, I think it's Nelly Furtado. She did a version? Yeah, she, it's a, like a BBC recording. It was another oh. acoustic one, so I kind of left it to the side. But uh, if you guys want to talk about versions we didn't talk about, you want to give us your opinion on the songs we talked about today... Talk to us at Twitter, um, at some Alex Wise guy. or Speak words at us. I'll figure out how notifications work one of these uh, yeah, days. Yeah, one of these days. Shout out to John for uh, uh, consistently communicating with us. It's nice to see. It, it brightens my day. Um, at Jake the Cressy, that's my name. Hashtag cover me pod. Uh, be sure to follow us You know, on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all, yeah. those, all those places. Rate us, review us, tell your friends. Um, real quick, we got a, our first mailbag today. We got an email. Ooh. That's very exciting. I, who I get, could it be from? Who could it be from? The, it reads, "Hey guys, what are your thoughts on the band Greta Van Fleet? I know they're I know they're considered fairly controversial due to sounding quite similar to Led Zeppelin. So I'd like to know what you guys think." Thanks, John. But John, who? Yeah, we'll never know. <laughs> mm, some John. S- some fucking John. What are these Johns? You know, yeah. it's a pretty common name. It could be uh, anybody. Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, Alex, what do you think? What do I think? Okay, so I haven't listened to much Greta Van Fleet. Yeah, I know you you mainlined it. I mainlined (laughs) it uh, for a couple days, like when, because it's been a a group that I've heard of. You know, everyone says they sound like Led Zeppelin. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I should listen to them later and then not (laughs) done it. So I finally did it. And yes. They sound like Led Zeppelin a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not just the vocals. No, I it think, is the. You know, uh... They have a tone that sounds like you know the instruments as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and they got some solid stuff. I I, I haven't had like a, a, a huge amount of time with them, but it sounds like they've got some pretty decent songs. Definitely sounds like as much as they have that tone, there's definitely a more modern edge to it. Like there's. Uh, the way things are structured. It doesn't sound necessarily like it's always from the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, but some of their songs do. And some of it, I thought, was even a little more Rush-like. Oh, yeah. Uh, particularly, like, sometimes the way he'll sing, he'll do, like, this this high uh, vibrato thing um, that sounds like early Getty Lee to me. Yeah, he's definitely a, a high... Uh, vocalist like high pitched for sure so that's and that's why his uh like it's really in his high intensity moments that his vocals sound like robert plant mm-hmm. or where it's like going hard on a track rather than in some of their lower down pieces mm-hmm. uh what else did i have to say about that he's uh yeah they are there's a lot to compare them to led zeppelin i think particularly on their first album there is a, it's a much closer to led zeppelin than on the this the one they released last year 
Okay. Which, um, and so he is starting to come more into his own voice, I think, and maybe that's where some of that yeah. Getty Lee Yeah, and I think that happened with Getty in. Lee as well. Like, they were really compared a lot with Led Zeppelin on their first album, and I mean, certainly if you go to, like, their most recent album is very different, but like there's the, you know, it took uh, over the next couple albums, uh, there was more and more deviation and sort of carving out that identity. Mm-hmm. And like, they're obviously very technically proficient players. Like, I think the, the, what they actually play is shows that they are skilled. Mm-hmm. I think they have sort of done themselves a disservice by closely mirroring themselves to Led Zeppelin. And, but I also think that disservice is partially people's reaction to that. Yeah, I, I don't know if it was them. So was it them? So I've always just heard like this band sounds like Led Zeppelin. Did is that how they marketed themselves, or like was that just people? I think that it's responded? not necessarily how they marketed themselves, but how they it's it's how they decided to play, right? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> I guess that is kind of their sound. Mm-hmm. It's a definite influence. But so yeah. I think for them, the real uh, challenge in the future here is going to be establishing what makes their sound unique and sort of getting out of this vast shadow of being like a Led Zeppelin cover band. Where I mean, they're not playing Led Zeppelin right. songs, but they sound a lot like that. Right. And I think one of their, probably one of their most interesting pieces they did is uh, a cover of Adele's uh, Rolling in the Deep. Oh. Hmm. I mean, I, I, I went, I went to their uh, Spotify page, and they have a playlist that is just all their songs, and I just shuffled it. Mm-hmm. So I didn't really like go through albums or anything, but I, I definitely want to go back and check them out a little more because it was interesting. Mm-hmm. It interested I'd, me. I'd say they are a band worth listening to. Yeah. I think. Don't expect them to be whatever Led Zeppelin was for you. Yeah. Because that's, I don't know, that's an absurd standard, right? <laughs> yeah, Led Zeppelin is definitely a tough one to uh, be compared to mm-hmm. constantly. Big Shadow, like you said. And uh, although the playlist was uh, Greta Van Fleet complete, but I really think that it's a missed opportunity to call it the complete Van Fleet. Oh, fuck yeah. I think that's a good name. It's a little, little you know, a little punchy. There you go. Also, punchy. Greta is my girlfriend's name, so it's neat that there's a band with the name Greta. Neat that Greta Van Fleet is. Yeah, uh, it's just let's rhyme. Let's rhyme it's, some more. It's, it's, yeah, it's, beat. It's, it's, beat. It's, they got the sweet beats. So I, I've kind of we. I actually had the opportunity kind of to see them. I had to choose between going to Frank Turner or going to Greta Van Fleet, and. That was the last time Frank Turner was in town. I know what you picked. I know what I picked. I picked Frank Turner. So I, I was like, there. I am interested in Greta Van Fleet. I'm not ready to jump on board the the fan wagon. I think part of what's kept me back is how heavily they are overcast by this Led Zeppelin legacy. Right. But I'm interested to see where they go. Yeah, because that's kind of what people said about Rush. It was different because it was right at the same time, mm-hmm. sort of. Um. But obviously, they they formed their own identity, and uh, I guess we'll see what Greta Van Fleet does in, in the, their future. Yeah, I'd say there's something to keep an eye on, and they're still at that point where you can get cheap show tickets, and I imagine they're a pretty good live performance. Yeah, I'd, keep an, I'd keep an eye out for, for, for tickets. Check them out. So hopefully that answers your question, John. We have a way of just kind of dancing around questions on this podcast, but I like them. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I guess the long and short of it. 
Uh, uh, our bonus segment today is going to be what we should have done at the top. Better for September, Alex. Yeah. I saw you were playing video games today. I was playing video games today. I've been doing a little bit of that. Okay. Doing a little playing of that piano. Yeah. Doing things I'd been avoiding before. Still doing the climbing stuff. Um, nothing really specific other than that. You know, mm. I'm just trying to... Um, just trying to stick with the thing. I don't want to like set a new goal every week because I want to you know, actually achieve the goals I've I've set. Yeah, it's just good to see how those are progressing. Are you starting to feel uh like less tension? Like obviously you're actually doing yeah, these it, things that you've avoided for quite some yeah, time for a short period of time. So mm-hmm. I'm trying to keep it keep it light. So it's like um it kind of comes and goes. Sometimes I'll, you know I I, I put, trying to push the envelope a little bit and then I'll overdo it a bit. Right. So and that's okay. But, you know, I just want to try to find the good balance, right? And maybe mm-hmm. I can build up over time. So so that's where I'm at right now. I'm just, just uh, sticking with it, you know? Seeing if, if I don't want to do too much. Don't do too little. Yeah. I'm trying to toe the, toe the line. Walk the line. There you go. Balance the line. Beam. Yeah, balance the beams, you balance know? Balance the beams. Keep it steady. Yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'm kind of, I'm of the same mindset with my uh, hashtag better for September goal here. Mm-hmm. I think I am going to increase the blog posts to once a week because I, I kind of have some ideas cooking on that, how okay. to tie them into the episode. I just, this week, I just wrote the uh, Bruce Springsteen tie-in one. I listened to the album 13 times on, on a road trip. That's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that was That's the only thing I listened to. Wow. Just to see how it holds up as a road trip album, a uh, summer album, just kind of exploring. Repeat listens. Yeah, yeah, exactly. How does it hold up after you keep listening to it again and again? And so you can see that on jcressy.ca. The link's in my Twitter bio. I've tweeted it out as well. And yeah, so you can expect those to come weekly. There should be a second one out by now. I guess I can talk about what it's about because it's already out by the time you're hearing this. It's going to be uh, an investigative journalism article into who or what is Graham Boulevard. That Who or what is Graham Boulevard? But I gotta check out this article. Hmm. hmm. So look forward to that. Um, there's a couple other things I've got planned, but uh, I'm not ready to announce those yet. You might, they might already have happened by the time this episode comes up. If I'm being productive enough, but we'll see. <laughs> like I got some shit come down in the future. Um, that's been the show. Like I already said, rate us, review us, talk to your friends, yada yada, etc. Send us an email at covermepod at gmail.com. That was I love answering questions. That was great. Uh, as we always say on Cover Me, fuck. (laughs) Cover us.